From Schwartz Media, I'm Elizabeth Kulas. This is 7am. As Scott Morrison announces plans to expand the cashless welfare program and drug test doll recipients, questions have been raised over the effectiveness of his approach. Rick Morton on what happens when the government treats poverty as a moral problem. In the Northern Territory intervention, now called Stronger Futures, welfare payments are partially quarantined for spending only on essentials like food and rent. The fact of the matter is, if you love somebody and they're spending all their money on booze and drugs, what are you going to do? You're going to try to get them to stop it and spend it on food and clothes and the necessities of life. So this is what the cashless card is all about. It's an exercise in compassion and in love. The federal government's cashless debit card trial was supposed to be, quote, an exercise in compassion to revolutionise Australia's welfare payments system. But many who are on the card as part of the trials in several regional communities say that it doesn't work. So, Rick, the cashless welfare card has its roots back in the Howard government's intervention in the Northern Territory, and it's run continuously in different places since then. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's a trial that never ends, right? I guess what we've seen now from the very beginning with the Northern Territory intervention is that almost always Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people were the guinea pigs for these things and it was the same with the cashless debit card because Sejuna, the little town in South Australia, was one of the first trial sites chosen. A trial of cashless welfare is underway in Sejuna with the first cards switched on last week. But already there have been problems. When this woman, we'll call her Susan, goes food shopping, she won't be using her bank card anymore. She'll be using a new cashless welfare card. But she says she shouldn't have to. I don't have a drug problem, I don't have a drink problem, I don't have a gambling problem. 30% of people in that trial are Aboriginal compared with just 3% of that population. So they're completely overrepresented on this card. Rick Morton is a senior reporter at the Saturday Paper. And then the coalition managed to expand it to the goldfields, also in WA, which had a slightly more mixed population. And then not that long ago, actually, I remember reporting on this, they, they won the support in the Senate to expand, for the first time, the card to Bundaberg Harvey Bay region in Queensland. The government's controversial cashless welfare card trial will be expanded to include the Bundaberg and Harvey Bay region in Queensland next month. Nationals MP Keith Pitt welcomes the trial to his electorate saying the cards could help solve some issues associated with long-term welfare dependency. Now, the reason for that was because they had copped a lot of criticism that if they really wanted to take this thing national, all they had so far was evidence from Aboriginal communities and not anywhere else. So in Bundaberg, Harvey Bay, it's purely focused on people under the age of 35 and most people in that community are non-Indigenous and most of them are white. And what's the cashless debit card intended to do? So it's kind of like uh, income management on steroids. So what they want to do now is bring these, you know, tens of thousands of people across onto the new version, which is quarantining 80%, and that would almost double the size of the entire trial nationwide so far. A single person on the New Start allowance, for instance, is on $555 a fortnight. You can't withdraw more than $111 a fortnight out in cash. The whole theory behind this is that it's meant to curb gambling, problematic drinking, and other behaviours and make sure that people still have money that they can spend on groceries and food for their children. That's the idea behind it. And, I mean, it's an obvious question, but does it work? 
Not really. It's a complicated one, right? So I think with welfare in particular, we've got to understand there will always be people who respond well to this stuff. And, you know, Rachel Seawitt, the Green Senator who's been in Sejuna just the week before Parliament began, said that she's met people who say the card works for them. And I don't doubt that. But the problem is you cannot, and this was one of the main criticisms of the Northern Territory intervention, they introduced income management for everyone in these Aboriginal communities, every single person, not people who were having genuine problems and not people who really would have responded, who just could not manage their own resources. And when you do that, you then kind of hobble other people. And I think if you make one person's life worse because you're trying to help some other people but they get caught up in the net, then I think that policy has failed. And certainly the government has tried to twist itself in quite a spectacle of contortion to try and find ways to prove that their trials of cashless debit card have been successful. G'day, good news up in Bundaberg and in Harvey Bay, where we've been trialling the cashless debit card, a new way of delivering welfare. It's meant that people have been coming off welfare at twice the national rate. This is great news. The debit card And they initially did that by getting a research firm called Orema to do two evaluations. And the Australian National Audit Office, uh, and auditors don't get head up too much about, you know, they don't use strong language, but they were absolutely scathing of the approach used by Orema which was signed off by the Department of Social Services. Because do you know what they did when they looked at the, the trials to do their evaluation? They did qualitative interviews. They asked feel-good questions and they had no idea what the baseline data was. Like they had no idea what things were like in those communities before the cashless debit card trialed. Hmm. So it's been expanded three times since 2016 never based on an evaluation that has actually been sound. So there's expansion without a huge amount of hard data behind it. Correct. And I think what happens when you've got these ideological conflagrations within government, they don't care about the data. And and it kind of shows with this. I mean, they are desperate to show that they have been successful, but they've got nothing to pin it on. So, you know, there are problems with the application now. So originally they used to have to go into an ATM to check their card balance to see how much money they had on the card. But now there's a phone application and they can use the phone app to check their balance, but there's something going wrong with it and the department doesn't know about it. But it's, you know, they check their app and it says, oh, yeah, you've got $140. So they're like, great, I can go do the grocery shopping. And it's not until they've gone through all the aisles, picked up all the stuff they need to get and they get to the counter and then it says card declined. And, you know, that seems like a small thing, but if you haven't lived through the grinding shame of poverty you don't know, I mean, you're already feeling like people are judging you because everyone knows what this card looks like. They call it the grey card in Sejuna and the white card in Kananara for obvious reasons. And they are looking at you and then you're holding up the queue. And this is just one element of it. I grew up poor, right? And I think it's very hard for people to understand what poverty is like if they haven't lived it. The design of this entire program is a huge clue that the people who were in charge have never come from these backgrounds. Poverty is a deeply shaming experience anyway because you, you never have the money, you're socially isolated and it's, it's undignified and you don't help people by reinforcing indignity. And Rick, do we know what the government's ultimate plans are for this program? I've no doubt that the government as it currently stands would love to see this as a national program because they've always had this instinctive dislike of welfare They know that they can't get rid of it because Australians at the end of the day have a very innate sense of fairness and the safety net, like Medicare, is one of the institutions on which this 
countries found it, right? So they know they can't get rid of it, but it's always really just plagued them and frustrated them that these people are just there getting help for free. And so I think that you know, their instinct is to make this a national rollout. We'll be right back. As a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Rick, before Scott Morrison was Prime Minister and before he was Treasurer, he was Minister for Social Services between 2014 and 2015. What do you think the sector remembers of his time in the portfolio? I actually remember covering it, uh, you know, when he became Social Services Minister. And we all sighed a huge sigh of relief because Kevin Andrews was the first social services minister under the Abbott government. And to be perfectly frank, he was kind of just really bizarre. The first six months, really, in Scott Morrison's job uh, when he became social services minister was to get rid of all the detritus and to clear the decks of Kevin Andrews' weird policymaking. And so Scott was, I think, very pragmatic. And, you know, I was speaking to a lot of social services groups about what their first meetings with him were like, and they were actually quite impressed. For the majority of Australians, our goal must be for the welfare system to be a transit stop, not a destination. We must deal with the changing circumstances of life and the disruptions uh, that can take place more effectively than we do today. You know, he didn't really seem to have a hardcore ideology. He was more about how do we fix this perceived problem and how do we do it in a way that doesn't cost the government a fortune. And on that note, he gave an interview to the nine newspapers recently where he articulated his views on welfare reform or at least on this policy. What did he say? Well, you know, he was talking about how he kind of strives to perpetuate a form of compassionate conservatism. I'm not averse to something like that because just for full disclosure, my brother was an ice addict, right? We really struggled as a family to get help for him. Like We really struggled and it was one of the hardest five years of our collective lives. And there were things that, you know, troubled me and my initial instincts about how to help someone that were not borne out by reality. And I think we had to have a kind of tough love with my brother. And so I get the compassionate conservatism thing because sometimes to help someone, to truly help someone, you can't give them everything they want. I get that. But, you know, Scott Morrison was talking about the fact that they have evidence now for these cashless debit card trials and that they commend themselves to a wider rollout. And so I think he was dropping hints in this interview with Nine's Newspapers on Sunday with Rob Harris that this was where they were heading. So, Rick, in that same interview, the Prime Minister said that he thinks drug testing was a way for people to get back on their feet again. How is the government saying that would work? Well, I don't know that they know, (laughs) to be quite honest. I mean, essentially what they want to do is over two years, they want to drug test 5,000 welfare recipients in three locations. It's a trial. And they think 500 of those 5,000 welfare recipients will test positive at least once. And in that case, anyone who tests positive once will have their welfare uh, quarantined. 
If a person tests positive to a drug twice, they then get referred to treatment for drug and alcohol issues. And the government has provided a $10 million fund, which is a substantial amount of money if they're only going to capture, you know, 100 and something people who are testing positive twice. Now, that's all well and good, right? Why are we bothering with the first part of it? Why does a cashless debit card need to happen in order for the support to be there? And we struggled with my own brother when he was in the grips of an ice addiction to find anywhere in the country that would take him as a rehab patient that didn't cost $30,000 because guess what? We didn't have $30,000. And most people who are struggling with these issues don't, even though it does happen across the spectrum of wealth. We're doing all, you know, stage one and stage two for, for, for no reason, essentially, when what we really need to do is find people where they are, if they're in the justice system or if they've gone to hospital, and then get the treatment services to them there in a non-stigmatising way, in a way that deals with the underlying trauma, because 80% of people with drug addictions have at least one episode of physical or emotional trauma in their life. We know that. And a lot of that trauma is informed by family breakdown and poverty. So we've got like a, a cycle happening here in terms of welfare. And how are professionals who work in substance abuse treatment responding to this policy? Yeah, so I mean, um, I spoke to Matt Noss, who is the CEO of the Noss Foundation, which is the largest drug and alcohol treatment centre for people under the age of 25 in Australia. And Matt Noss said to me, I won't take a cent of this $10 million treatment fund from the government under the drug testing policy, because then we would be complicit in extending the whip of government punishment. And he's backed up by all the medical professionals. I mean, if you look at the list of people who have signed statements against this drug testing policy, it includes uh, the who's who of medical experts in Australia. Matt Noth says, you know, I won't touch it because mandating treatment does not work. So, Rick, why is the government pursuing this policy? I think really what we're looking at here is a solution from government that is the result of their own prejudice. And I think that is, they think that poverty is a moral problem. They think that people who are poor just haven't worked hard enough or done enough or made the right decisions. And so we're not looking at necessarily a response to poverty here. We're looking at a punishment of poverty. It's almost like everything about poverty reinforces your station in life. People wonder out loud, particularly conservatives, why didn't they just make the right choices? And it's like yelling at a drowning man that he should have had swimming lessons. Hmm. It's just like, well, what do you expect? And that they don't understand that. They're like, well, you know, if I'm drowning, I would just swim to shore. But, you know, you might have flippers on and they've got concrete boots. Like you're not comparing like with like. And... It's the same kind of situation across this whole cashless debit card thing. I mean, it's people who have come from privileged or well-off or comfortable backgrounds designing a system that they think would work for them and then applying it to people who have no idea what that experience is like. And it's, it's quite dangerous, I think, because it reinforces the status quo. I don't think they actually care. And Matt Noff said this as well. I don't think they care if they get this through the Senate. It's red meat to their base. You know, nothing polls better for a coalition government than drug testing welfare recipients. Any of the quiet Australians will almost instinctively say, yeah, of course they should be because it's taxpayer money. Why would you spend that on drugs? And so I think the government does this because it looks good for the people they want to impress. And Matt Noff said, you know, if they don't get it through, they'll be able to say, well, at least we tried. Rick, thank you so much. 
Thanks, Elizabeth. Join Richard Tognetti and the ACO for a bold and intrepid 2022. Featuring a live national concert season, their acclaimed on-demand film series ACO Studio Casts, and exciting programs from their new home in Sydney's Walsh Bay. Subscriptions now on sale at aco.com.au. Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth, with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. Book now at aco.com.au. Elsewhere in the news, Volkswagen and Audi have settled two class action lawsuits in Australia, adding another chapter to the global diesel emissions scandal. Around 100,000 Australian cars produced by Volkswagen, Audi and Skoda fall within the payout scheme. Exact details of the settlement are confidential, but could be as high as $127 million, or around $1,400 per vehicle, a figure much lower than the rate reached in a similar settlement in the US in 2016. As of late last year, it's estimated that related settlements and fines has cost Volkswagen $42 billion. And in the US, early on Monday, President Trump tweeted his defence of Justice Brett Kavanaugh, after the New York Times revealed new allegations of sexual harassment while he was a student at Yale. A number of Democratic presidential hopefuls began calling for Kavanaugh's impeachment, including Kamala Harris, who said Kavanaugh had, quote, lied to the US Senate and, most importantly, to the American people. Removing a Supreme Court justice from the bench requires the House to vote in the majority, followed by a two-thirds majority in the Senate. This is 7am. I'm Elizabeth Kulas. See you Wednesday. Wednesday.